uh, because I found that that one just didn't work for like, I love that monthly retainer model. Like as soon as I landed on that, I was like, oh, this is it. Because once you get the client, then your work is just to show up and keep delivering on that client. And I still do some things for her today. It doesn't look the same, but she's like my favorite person in the world (laughs) Um, because we have built, she like let me test everything on her over the years. Um, But once I landed on that retainer model, I was like, okay, I need to get more clients like these. So I would go to places like, it was called Odesk back in the day. Great day, great day. You are listening to the Jerisha Said Podcast. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each episode, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve your clients, sell your services, and scale your consulting business online. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. So if you are ready for a transparent, I'm talking all the way real, edge snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, former engineer, turned online high ticket sales coach, Jerisha Hawk. You probably chose to tune in today because you have a burning desire. You have had this idea of starting a coaching business and creating consistent revenue but there's a gap. Something's missing. You are ready to raise your rates, but you lack the confidence with being able to attract an audience of high-end clients and sell them on your offer. That's why this episode today is brought to you by my signature program, Newly Enhanced Services That Sell. If you've been thinking about turning the skills that you currently have into a high-ticket, four-figure service that you can sell consistently, I encourage you to sign up for my free crash course training at jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates. I'll make sure that you know everything that you need to not just deliver your services and help your clients get amazing results, but how to actually attract those types of clients and sell them consistently using very simple foundational sales strategies. This method has been developed specifically for those who don't have a large audience and who don't want to spend thousands of dollars trying to get complicated funnels to actually work. This is your time to gain the clarity that you crave to confidently sell your services online. Do not waste another minute. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates today. Register for the next training and finally get an efficient plan that you can follow and implement so you can start selling your services. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates now. Our guest today was completely booked out with one-on-one client work and was starting to see potential for more. She fought against an agency model because she still wanted to be involved in the strategy. So she decided to create a combination service model that's high touch on the strategy side, yet systemized enough that her team can implement the strategies that she creates. Our guest today is Andrea Jones of OnlineDrea.com. She is fiercely committed to helping businesses and podcasters build profitable communities online through social media solutions. She's been featured in places like HubSpot, AWeber, and WordPress. She's also named one of Social Report's top marketers to follow in 2019. As the host of the Savvy Social podcast and the creator of SavvySocialSchool.com, Andrea is dedicated to simplifying social media through easy-to-follow courses, professional guidance, and community support. 
Outside of teaching and training, she spent most of her time serving her full-service clients and practicing what she preaches by implementing organic social media strategies for businesses and brands that want to grow an engaged audience online. So you guys are going to really love this episode because we're going to be hearing how Andrea is offering a done-for-you social media media consultancy that's a bit of a hybrid of an agency and more individualized support for her clients and how this is really preparing her to sustainably scale beyond that quarter of a million dollar mark. So let's keep listening. Before we get into today's interview, I want to take a moment to thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for sharing today's episode. It means the world to me. And quite honestly, the more that you subscribe, um, download, and share our content, the more episodes we're able to publish for you. So just thank you. Um, So I want to take a moment to give a listener shout out. And this one goes to Patty Stewart. She said, wow, exclamation point. Podcast is extremely informational and provides sound guidance. Jerisha gives it to you raw and does not sugarcoat anything, but does so with love and with your best interest in mind. So inspiring to experience a young African-American woman advocating for excellence and hard work with the practicality that there will be bumps in the road, but to keep going. The podcast is not just for entrepreneurs. It's for professionals who want to level up their careers and for individuals who need guidance on finding themselves and their purpose. Jerisha not only gives you information, she provides next steps that, can, that you can apply immediately. Jerisha is extremely intelligent and this podcast is a weekly go-to. Keep going. You are helping people. Patty, thank you so much for that affirmation and that assurance. Um, it means the world to me, and it's so awesome to know that you're able to apply this podcast in multiple areas of your life. So if you would like to go leave a review, that would be awesome too. You can go and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. And I might just give you a shout out on a future episode. So let's get on in today's interview. So I'm so excited, guys. I feel like this whole week I've just been so excited. I'm very excited to be bringing on Andrea today to the show. So just thank you for being here. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This is fun. Yes, yes, yes. So I like to always start off. Can you just let the listeners know um, what is your signature offer? What is that you're known for and how do you serve clients? Yeah. So my signature offer is done for you social media services. And so that's how we serve our clients is I show up and do that. Um, We completely take it off their plate so that they can focus on their zone of genius. Awesome. And when you say done for you social media, like what are some of those like tactical deliverables that you are producing? Yeah. So it's everything from designing images, writing captions, posting to Instagram stories. We're in their inbox, um, responding to messages and comments as them, as well as doing a proactive growth strategy. So finding new followers and engaging their community. Okay. I wanted to say that, make sure that you clarify that because somebody might be thinking, oh, she's just like a, she posts the content. It's like, it's way more comprehensive than that. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you for clarifying. So I want us to go back to, uh, how long have you been in business now? So I started the business in 2014. 2014. Okay. How did you get your first client? Mm. What service did you sell and how much did you charge? 
So my first client came from Fiverr and I know a lot of people sleep on Fiverr, but it was a really great way for me to get started. I was just writing or creating a whole Facebook post for $5. So I would write your caption, design an image for $5. And the idea behind that was if they needed one post, they need more. Mm. So I was definitely breaking Fiverr's rules and taking it offline and going, can I fully manage your page outside of this one transaction we did on Fiverr? So that's where my first client came from, was from Fiverr. I charged her, I think it was $200 a month to do her whole Facebook um, like strategy, which is insane now that I think about it. And so we were, she had a product-based business. So we were just taking her products and like making them into social media graphics. I was writing the um, captions for that and posting that on Facebook for her. Love it. I love asking that question because, you know, what we did in the beginning normally is just nowhere near at the level what we're doing now. And it's just kind of nice to reflect back. Um, so you're on Fiverr, you got your first client, you've always been in the social media realm you know, after you got that client $200 a month on retainer, which is, you know, I don't think it's terrible. That's, you know, some decent money coming in. What, how did you continue to grow the business or what was your thought process on the business back then? Like, so you're working with clients one-on-one and retainer done for you. Just like walk us through how you started to like build out more consistency and like viability to that business beyond just like hustling people off of Fiverr. Yeah. So once I got the first client, I started looking at other freelancing sites uh, because I found that that one just didn't work for like, I love that monthly retainer model. Like as soon as I landed on that, I was like, oh, this is it. Because once you get the client, then your work is just to show up and keep delivering on that client. And I still do some things for her today. It doesn't look the same, but she's like my favorite person in the world (laughs) because we have built, she like let me test everything on her over the years. Um, But once I landed on that retainer model, I was like, okay, I need to get more clients like these. So I would go to places like, it was called Odesk back in the day, but it's Upwork now. So I'd go on Upwork and I would just pitch. Like I would spend all my days pitching. I probably send about 10 pitches a day to people looking for what I offered. And a lot of people, again, dismiss that because there's a lot cheaper labor out there. Um, When you're looking at, you know, you're competing worldwide, you're competing with people all over the world who may not require as much income as you do. But one of the things that helped was that I was North American based. So there was a certain level of client who would go, no, I need someone who knows what Netflix and chill means. I need someone who can understand these memes and these, you know, current things that are happening. And so that was something that helped set me apart. So it was just like hustle, like 10 pitches a day, try to close clients and get them on that monthly retainer model. Some of them were even just weekly. Like some of my clients were like, I could just do $50 a week. I was like, okay, let's work it out. Let's do it. Um, And that's how it started the first year. It was like a lot of long days, but that's how I learned really. Yeah. And I love, I always say that sales is a contact sport. And so often, I think, especially in today's world now, people are just like, I want all these clients to come to me. And I'm a big believer in like, there's things that you can do in your content, in your marketing to attract ideal clients. But I think there's something that will never die is like, how often are you creating that opportunity for communication to take place between you and a prospect, whether that's you, you know, they've already raised their hand and posted saying, I need help. But how often are we responding to somebody who said that, yes, I need this? Um, how often are we creating that contact? So I love the fact that that's what you did to be able to, you know, get a, a full roster of retainer clients and get, you know, that consistent revenue coming in the door. 
Um, so after you got like, you know, did you basically get booked out using that type of method or get at capacity with that method? Yeah, it was a constant hustle. So yeah, so a a kind of pivotal moment for me was when I tried to take my first vacation. Mm. (laughs) So I tried to take time off and it hurt because I wasn't doing the constant uh, pitching. And with clients at that price point, I had to because turnover was so fast uh, because they're usually just starting off in business and the failure rate of businesses just starting off is so high that I was working with just a lot of businesses, almost every single industry that you can think of. So my turnover rate was also really high. Yeah. So when I tried to take the time off, I came back to like, I hadn't been pitching. And so I was like, running out of clients. So that okay. was like a change moment for me. Man, I think that's so good because um, I, 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 I admire the fact that you're making contact, but like you said, the issue is they're not paying enough and like they're, they're new in business. So they may not be here in four months. Um, so what allowed you to kind of, you know, you try to go on vacation, you came back with no clients. What did you have to do or what did you start to do in the business to create more predictability, consistency, and like high caliber clientele? Yeah. So two things I did within that first year after I took vacation that helped. One was I started doing more reporting. So I started adding value to what I was doing. It's hard because a lot of what we do sometimes is invisible, especially the growth aspects. So even if we're putting in a lot of effort, I like that you said it's a contact sport. So sometimes if you even if you make a lot of contacts and you don't see results at the end of the, end of the day, you still made those contacts. Mm. So some of what we were doing on social media, we were doing the right things, but it wasn't resulting in changes for the client and they weren't seeing that. So it was like trying to add value in a way that made sense for the client. So we were showing things like instead of, you know, the client saying, man, I've been doing this for four weeks. I haven't sold anything. It's like, okay, well, we had 500 people go to your website, but none of them bought. So now let's take a look at that. So it was like, really examining multiple things and not just what I was doing on social media. So that was the first thing that really helped add value to my clients. And then the second thing's easy is just raising my prices. So I just started raising my prices so I didn't have to have as many clients. Yeah. And I love, um, I mean, I'm a huge fan of like high ticket four or five figure clients um, because it allows you one to have the revenue to support a higher quality like client experience for them and being able to do those added value um, aspects of your delivery. But I think raising your rates is as simple as changing the price, but I always say selling at your new raised rate is where things typically take a different approach. And how did your sales, like how you approached sales change when you decided to raise your rates and, you know, start to demand a higher, more committed client? Or did anything so, change? Yeah, I don't think anything changed in the beginning. I will say once I start adding in team, my approach to selling changed with like the value that we're bringing with multiple brains coming into it instead of just mine. Um, but until then, I just like slowly was raising my rates. And it wasn't by a lot. It was like, okay, instead of $50 a week, it's now $60 a week. Oh, like, gosh. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. It was just like slowly that first two years, I was just slowly raising my rates. Got it. Okay. Um, and I think too, I, I think it's interesting. You say that you did not, nothing, not much change, but I think that value add on the back end for your client, maybe did that make it easier to sell or maybe make it easier to retain clients? Cause they could. Yeah. It was easier to retain because then I didn't have to keep selling to more clients because the clients that I had saw the value in the service that I was providing. 
Yeah. And I think that's a really important like thing I don't want us to skip over because, you know, I think we're always are talking about, okay, how are you providing value? And for you, it was like, how are we really making it crystal clear and articulating like what the return on their investment is beyond just like, you got more likes this month. Great. Like we got more shares. Like how are we articulating that to the result that matters to them? So I think that's so cool that you built that into your process. So you started ramping up your rates. When you decided to start adding on team, um, like how did your business model change? Like when did you know it was time for you to, you've been doing done for you where you were the one providing the service. How did you start to like leverage beyond that? And like, what was the first business model iteration of that? Yeah. So I got to a point where I was completely booked out and thinking about, I want to take time off again. <laughs> How do I do vacation this? Vacation number two. Vacation number two. I need another me. Um, and so that was the first, I guess that was um, 2016. I hired my first team member who's with me today still. She's amazing. She's a unicorn. I didn't realize that when I hired her. Like she was amazing. She's amazing. Mm. Um, but she really came in and helped take off a lot of the day-to-day work that I was doing with clients. So things like writing a caption, designing a graphic, checking Instagram inbox, like all of those little things, she came in and helped support that. Mm. So that was an iteration of what we did. So now I can come to the clients and say, I'm adding a new level of commitment to your services because there's a second brain here with me like coming up with this content. And so it was like a a micro change, but I think it made a a macro difference to the business because it was the first time where I could see the power of having multiple people working at this versus just me. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to talk about automation and systems for a second. Seriously, isn't it about time that you stop manually doing everything in your business? If you're in the business of booking clients, there are certain tasks that you have to repeat often. Booking discovery calls, scheduling coaching sessions, and doing follow-up touch points. If you are repeating a task over and over again in your business, you should automate it. Acuity Scheduling is my favorite system. Not just because they sponsored today's episode, but because they helped me automate all of those client interactions. With Acuity Scheduling, you'll never ask what time works for you again. Clients can quickly view your real-time availability, and it even integrates with your Google Calendar. And they can self-book their own appointments, reschedule with a click, and even pay online. You can even use Acuity Scheduling to book appointments on social media. You heard me right. With your Facebook business page or IG's booking button, your followers are literally just a click away from scheduling through your social media profile. Seriously. I could go on and on about how easy Acuity Scheduling makes it for me to keep up with my clients despite my busy schedule. But what's even better than me telling you is you seeing for yourself. For a limited time only, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free. No credit card required. Just go to acuityscheduling.com backslash Hawk Hustle to check it out for yourself. That's acuityscheduling.com backslash Hawk Hustle for your free 45-day trial. Go get on it. Yeah, I think that's so good because I know it can be scary sometimes to relinquish control or like ego and fear like really can come in to allow, like and that being a blocker for allowing us to grow and to serve our clients in a better way by hiring. So when you, you know, I know you said that you fought against an agency model for a long time. 
And I think as a service provider, especially the done for you service, when you think about, okay, now that I've been booked out, I'm at capacity with one-on-one -on -one work, how do we decide to grow? What were some of the, the this business model um, options you were considering? And like, which one did you decide on first? And like, how has it evolved to where you are today too? Yeah. So I was first just looking for help just for like a small number of hours a week. I think she was just starting off with five hours a week or something like that, um, where I was like, I just need someone to help support me in this. Um, and I, that's when I started thinking about the agency model, but everywhere you look online, it's like hiring full-time in-house people. And to this day, my agency is all contractors. I don't have any like in-house like employees, quote, quote unquote, which actually is very hard because I'm in Canada and most of my team is in the US. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So it actually would be cha very challenging for me to, to start hiring people uh, in another country. So they're all contract-based to this day. But even back then, it was like looking around on the internet, there wasn't a lot of support for like, okay, how do I start an agency? Like, what's the next person I should hire? So I just basically hired someone who could do what I was already doing, which was you know writing the captions, creating the graphics, that sort of thing. I was still handling all of the client-facing work. I was still actually doing a lot of the... Um, a lot of the creation I just kind of gave um, Leanne, who's my employee or my team member, I just kind of gave her some of the easier clients to start with. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really what set me off on like, oh, I can see how I can do this with contractors. Now, th there's two things with Leanne. Number one, she's in the Philippines. So the affordability of hiring her at first was phenomenal. And I spent a long time trying to duplicate that. And I waste a lot of time. Mm. Um, that's why I said she's a unicorn. Oh, you mean trying to hire more contractors in economies that are very different? Like the, the rate is different? Yes. Mm. Yes. So it wasn't even that. It was, okay. So just first off, hiring people virtually is a challenge because period. you're in, Doesn't matter what country they're in. <laughs> doesn't matter what country they're in. You're not there with them. A lot of people don't have the work ethic to show up for work and then you're adding on the level of like, you don't know what distractions they have in their, in their house. Netflix, you don't know what they're watching. Like, are they working? Like, I was having such a hard time with that element of it that I spent, I want to say like the entire year of 2017 trying to replicate that mm. and, and failing over and over again. So Leanne like just saw all of those iterations and I was like, oh, you are, it's because you're like a good person and an awesome team member. And I don't know how I stumbled across her to this day. I still don't know. I can't figure that part out. But um, I kind of abandoned the idea of like, okay, I only need to hire like the lowest cost person possible. And that's when I could actually start building out my agency. I love that you said that because I think a lot of the time in business, it's like, okay, what's the cheapest labor that we can get? And sometimes it works out, but like, what, what do you think made it challenging that year? Like, was there something that is it just, I don't know, like wh why do you think it was so difficult and what were you resisting that entire time? Cause I know that it's probably some point you probably question, okay, maybe I need to stop going after the cheapest labor and just go after the right person. But like, kind of like, what was that like for you? And after the year of doing it, like, in, I just, I don't know. I just want to hear like the thought process or like yeah. what was going on in your head, like as you were going through that season. 
At first I was like, wow, people are lazier than I thought they were. <laughs> like just everyone across the board. It doesn't matter what country they're from, where they're from, uh, moms, young kids, like everybody was, I was struggling with that piece of it. And part of it is that I was trying to look for people who had the same work ethic as I do without giving them the guidance and the tools for success. So that was like a thing that I learned in that process is that not everyone has to like if like if I have a list of things, I'm automatically going, okay, this is what I'm doing on Tuesday. This is what I'm doing Wednesday afternoon. Like it's just how I work. Not everyone works that way. So what I learned is I need to tell people when things are due and when to do them and even put time limits on them and track their time and all of these things that to me feel like, oh, so stuffy and like corporate-y, but it's that way because it works. And some people thrive in that environment. And so I actually had to create that environment internally for team members to thrive. But during that whole process, I definitely had moments where I was like, this is not possible. I don't know how people manage agencies like this of this level and still be able to pay out their team and still be able to deliver a good service? How do you find people who, are, who buy into your company? Um, and so all of those things are very challenging and I, a lot of questions went through my brain. So then I gave up trying to hire like the most affordable people and just went for like the best people. And that was the second mistake that I made in this because my cash flow issues were terrible. This was 2018, the beginning of 2018, where I actually had a month where I thought for the first time I would go like into the red in my business. Thankfully, I didn't, but that's because I had to like cut my team members who were great. They were wonderful, but I hadn't set up the business for success to be able to support team members who are actually good at what they were doing. So yeah, that that was the second lesson that I learned there is that you like one of the the biggest challenges was I had one client who was like 25% of our revenue and they closed their business. So for us as a company, my revenue was like shot because I had one big client close their business. And so now I have it set up in such a way where like no one client is like supporting us. Right. But that was like a really tough lesson to learn as a business owner. Cause you feel like you failed. Yeah. And like, there's like two ways I want to go with this. Cause like one, I think, uh, being the leader, like, you know, you're the CEO, you've been working in the company, but now you have people who are dependent on you because they are like, you might be their largest contract or their only client. Um, they just might still be on contract. And like, how did, how did you navigate being a leader for Leanne and the new team members as you were going through so many iterations of change and like you being a leader to them and communicating that to them and like still getting them to buy into the mission, even though it was like, y'all, we're going through some turbulence right now. Yeah. don't know when the turbulence is necessarily going to end, but like, how did you like reconcile how you, like the shame or the guilt or the failure that you may have personally felt, but still be able to still show up as the leader that you needed to be for them? Yeah, that's a good question. And I don't know if I have a specific answer, but I can, I can share what I went through. Yeah, yeah. Um, So with Leanne, she actually ended up taking time off. She had some personal issues as well at the same time. And it was actually, oh, actually, I think I ended up letting her go at one point because she wasn't showing up. And I didn't understand why, because I was so consumed with my own 
like what was happening in the business, I didn't ask her. I didn't ask her what was going on in her life. And so it was like a few things she had mistakes. And I was like, Leanne, this isn't working out. And then I, I don't know if she let she quit or I let her go, but it was something in that conversation where we just ended our working relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's one other person, Katie, who's on, she's on the team again today, but same thing happened where she had her first kid and she said everything was fine and she was trying to work and have a kid at the same time, which I can't even imagine. I don't have kids. So I can't even imagine trying to bo- do both of those things. Um, and it just wasn't working out for her. And so she ended up leaving the business as well to spend time with her kid. And so they both are back working with me today. But I think part of that process for them too was trying to go work in other places and realizing that even the flaws that were happening in my business at that time, I was still very transparent with them about what was happening. Hey, we lost this client. So I'm going to have to like cut back your hours a little bit until I get things figured out or... Um, even, uh, Katie, at one point I had her almost on like a, um, like a salary retainer where it was just like a flat monthly rate. And that was really eating into things because at one point I was paying her for like 40 hours. She's only working like 20. Mm. So also when she came back, it was like, Hey, I'm we're going to do an hourly rate now, but your hourly rate is going to be higher to compensate for any dips that may happen. And so it was just like being completely transparent with them and having them as contractors actually helps. So they take ownership over the work that they're doing because that's their business too. So I can't say why it worked out. I think I just have great people who I can rely on and they're both back in the business and a lot happier now. And we talk about it very often. We still talk about it to this day where it's like, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. Um, Katie, in fact, is inspecting her second child. And I'm so like grateful that I can give her paid maternity leave, which is not something I have to do. She's a contractor, but it's like, I'm going to try to support her as much as possible because I value her as a team member. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. That's what I feel like I want to do. And so a lot of this is just figuring it out. Yeah. I just, I admire and respect this so much because I think, and I know you said you really don't know if that's an answer, but I think that you've done a really good job of creating a safe space for your team. Because like, no matter where you work, there's going to be challenges and ups and downs, especially I think I think a lot of us are still in startup phase, even though like it's there's still a lot of things we're figuring out and still building like the legs to our businesses. But it sounds like there's a level of like I know at least what I can expect here, and I can expect honesty and transparency. So I just I don't know I, I really admire that and want to highlight that. So you tried going down the agency route, you kind of like stumbled and that really didn't necessarily work out the way that you thought it would. But how is your business model set up now? Like it's more of a hybrid tech. Maybe it's like talk us through what that looks like now for somebody who's like, okay, maybe agency model isn't for me. Like what does this other option look like that you guys have been able to cultivate for at least today? Yeah. So the thing that's really important to me is to still be 100% in charge of the strategy and the results of that strategy for my clients. Back when I was trying to create this agency model, I was pushing everything off to my team. They were doing client calls, they were doing the reporting, and it wasn't working, mostly probably because I didn't set them up for that success. But I also felt really uncomfortable with having my name on the business, but not being responsible for the results Mm. at the end of the day. 
So how it's set up now is I do the strategy. So when a client first comes on board, I completely set up their strategy for exactly what we're going to post when, who we're going to target, what the messaging looks like, how we're going to approach this if they're you know doing a launch, if they are starting a podcast, all of those different things. And then my team implements a lot of that. So they go in and write the captions and that sort of thing. There's a lot of feedback and there's a... I'm still very hands-on and like even the content creation, I look at content probably twice at least, sometimes three times before it's going out on social media. So I'm still looking at all of this. Because of that, my rates are like (laughs) starting at $2,000 a month now because there's just a lot of hands-on support that comes with working with clients at this level. But we also, our clients are a lot happier because they get a better service at the end of the day and they stay with us longer. So I actually don't do a lot of business development. I don't have to pitch, you know, 10 times a day. I get referrals and that's great. But even if I didn't get referrals, we would be fine on this level for a while. So being able to have this like hybrid model where I'm, my team is still implementing, but I'm the one on client calls. I'm doing all of the strategy. It's my voice. Like I do video reports of all of our clients. So it's my voice on the reports. It's all of that's really important to me because I have a level of quality that I promise clients when I onboard them that I want to make sure it's consistent. I'm sure I could create an agency model and offboard it. But anything that you look at, any business model, the bigger you get, the less quality you're going to have. Almost period across the board. Like That's just how it is when you grow big businesses. I'm not looking for that. I don't want to do that. So for me, it's like, this is a comfortable level of clients that we have right now. I'm still hands-on with a lot of it and I like it and I enjoy it. And I'm happy to just stay right in this level. Like, I love that you're saying that because I think sometimes we can get so caught up on like, how are we experiencing exponential growth every year? But the thing that I'm hearing is that you're still growing, but it may not like your revenue obviously is like increased because your rates have gone up, the quality of service. But like, it also sounds like you've been intentional on leveraging different things in your business and and your lifestyle too. Like, how are we having exponential vacation time that's unplugged? How are we having like exponential client results and the quality of what we're delivering? It's not always just measuring because you probably could grow and take on more clients and make more money if you chose to. But like it's almost like you're, you're controlling that faucet and trying to like leverage up all these other areas in your life and in your business. So I'm just, I don't know, am I reflecting that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. And, and my word of the year this year is loyalty. And so for us, the, the increase in revenue is going to be figuring out how we can show up more for our current client base. Because they're, they like what we're doing, we're adding in services that aren't necessarily in, like in our initial suite of services to serve our clients. So an example would be I just uh, hired on a video editor. So we're doing a lot more like micro content. Think like Gary Vee style videos where the client just records a video and we can chop it up and make like 12 different videos. This is not something we've done before, but it's something we can do now that's just like an elevated way that we can serve our clients. Um, even... Even things like um, email marketing or landing pages. It's like I have partners that I can bring into the loop to help serve our clients more. So they actually get better results at the end of the day. And they're more likely to stay with us longer because they didn't have to hire 10 contractors to do something. They can trust and come to us and we can still do it. And those are little ways that we can still consistently increase our revenue without necessarily needing more clients. 
Totally. And I love that. I'm just really glad that we were able to like peel that piece out because I think it's inspiring and it, it goes back to like what, like, you know, I think sometimes we can get so caught up in like building this business that we completely forget like the why behind why we created it in the first place and like maintaining the integrity of the lifestyle that we also want to have. And I just, I love, it's been really cool watching you find that balance and seeing you through the journey too. So just thank you for painting that picture for us. But if somebody's listening to this right now and is like, okay, I want more Andrea in my life. I think I'm ready to offboard all of my social content um, and and bringing on a more hands-on person to help them with that strategy and execution. Where can people find you online? Um, Where can they reach out to learn more about your services? Or if they just want to hang out with you on the internet and like fangirl over you more, like just where can people connect with you? Well, Instagram's my platform of choice. If you just want to hang out, it's at OnlineDrea on Instagram. Uh, But the best place to kind of figure out what I'm all about, our strategy, our process is just to go to my website, OnlineDrea.com. Um, And if you're listening to this podcast, you'll likely like my podcast, which is the Savvy Social Podcast, where I talk a lot about how we approach social media. Um, And I try to break it down. So even if you're not ready to hire someone today, that you can still start implementing some of the strategies that we use in our agency to kind of help you get to the next level. Awesome sauce. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for having me. Hey there, Hawk Hustler. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you are ready to turn your side hustle selling services into a profitable online coaching or consulting business, visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop. Within just one hour of this free masterclass, yes, free 99, you will have a proven framework to convert not just better clients, but more clients who are willing to pay top dollar consistently. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop and I will see you there.